Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. It's not so serious Sunday, 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 Sunday. How, how was that? I like that it. One, right? yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's the uh, B&E podcast. If you didn't deduce that from the whole not so serious Sunday, which, you know, I don't, we haven't trademarked that and somebody else might do it, but it would be whatever. funny if someone did an offshoot of a podcast called not so serious Sunday, you know, and like, uh, they just, whatever they stole the idea, but who cares? Yeah. You know, because not so serious Sunday isn't really our thing, but it's kind of our thing, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's just some sort of thing that came out of, but you know, what's cool about not so serious Sunday. I think it inspires the off the cuff conversation. Yeah. And we were just talking about before we started the podcast, trust, because, uh, episode 61 is about to be released to the public. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is way later than that, but, yeah. um, and it was, uh, how trust is integral to, uh, to creativity, to creativity. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, these not so serious Sundays are about trust. We just actually, at this point, we've become so confident with it. So much trust that we just always know that we we're certain that we'll get to a, we'll get to a valid and and worthwhile conversation, even though we don't even know what we're talking about yet. Um, as far as artistry and industry goes. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool though, you know, to build that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it's something I've, le- I've learned on this show. I I've said that a number of times, like I learn all sorts of stuff about artistry through recording this show. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in, in the conversations that are directly pertaining to, you know, the stuff that we are involved with, like acting and writing, filmmaking and, and all of these wonderful we do things everything. And, and music. I guess I should <laughs> throw music in there too, because I play music. Yeah. Um, and been wanting to get, actually do, do that a little bit more. Mm. Yeah. Want to do like get more musicians, more, you want more musicians? No, no, not, not, not that like more musicians. I mean, I love having musicians on the show. Yeah. Don't like, take musicians. It's one of the, like those, <laughs> I mean, I, I love all the types of guests that we have on here. There's a, there's like a very particular special place I have though, for when we have musicians on the show, mm-hmm. just because I'm just like, I'm, I'm a closet musician, but I, what I've been, what I meant though, was that like, I'm, I'm meaning to like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, is I basically been meaning to like, you know what? Like I'm going to start like, writing some songs. Like I'm going to actually like step this up Good for you. to a degree because yeah, it's something that I, I actually got in touch with and that it's something I really actually want to do. It is something that I want to, to try and do is like, can I write a really great song? Is it possible? Right? Like, and, and the only way I'm going to figure out how to do it is if I, is if I start, if Absolutely. I, try and just start putting something together. Um, and from talking to some of the musicians that we've had on the show before, I've got a lot of great ideas as to how I can let that process unfold in some ways. I've got to learn from people who've kind of been there through the trials and, and whatever, and have found things that work for them Mm. in terms, because I think that was, that was part of it was that I didn't necessarily know where to begin. 
uh, and every song that I've attempted to write in the past, I've just been like, no, I hate it. Like I just, <laughs> I just always hate it like so horribly. Um, and I have a good, good understanding now why I hated them. And it just completely has to do with it. A lot of it was very contrived. You know, it was a, a lot of it was me trying to sound very, you know, intelligent and clever and profound. You know, you're trying to be these things and mm. you think that you can just make yourself that way by like thinking and cooking something up like that. And, uh, and learning, it's like, no, 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 it's, uh, that has, and learning to trust, I guess that that has very little to do with it. And it's about really getting more and more honest. Hmm. Um, you know, I, Shane, um, uh, I'm trying to remember his last name now, Shane, uh, Shane Martin, who we had on our show a little while ago. Uh, I was talking to him and, and that was one of the big things he learned as a musician and starting to write songs when he began to do that was learning that he was trying to make him sound and his lyrics sound very clever and very smart and make himself appear a certain way. And then realizing that it's like, no, it's really just about telling the truth, right? telling the truth as much as possible. Yeah. And then it's in that pursuit of trying to express something honest about yourself that leads to these kind of beautiful metaphors and these beautiful, the beautiful poetry that comes out of it. It's not, okay, I'm going to use some sort of a poetic device here. Right. It's actually like, I don't know how to say this. And then it's, and then you use these devices as a way because it helps you to actually express it. Mm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, that's, I think that's, uh, you know, that's one thing I always had a trouble with, with film theory, like film theory and, and just studying like film studies was so much of it was theory, you know, and like breaking down, uh, and I think it's good to understand how certain things like work. Like, you know, for example, there was this one class I did called film art and, and it was neat the way that they broke down, like, okay, well it showed me I had more options than I knew were available. Mm-hmm. But what I realized was that it's good to know you have the options, but not so much to be like, okay, now I'm going to go and I'm going to use this option. Like I'm going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. It's more, it, it's a lot better when it comes out of some type of inspiration and you realize, oh, it would make real sense to use this thing right now because right. this would actually help me do what I'm trying to do. But yeah. not like I'm going to go use it because it would be cool and I'll manipulate the audience. Yeah. But like, like it's like, you know, if you use it because you got inspired and then you realized you had this tool and you're like, oh, this tool is perfect for this moment. But like, you never know, you have this whole toolkit, but you never know when you're going to use it. So yeah. like film theory in, in the way that I started to embrace. It was more like, you know, simply use it when necessary, you know, like, you know, don't, don't pull out a tool just because you're like, you want to show it off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And And I guess it's like that with anything like music or whatever it would be. Right. Well, it, and it, I think it always comes off, you know, it it always translates wherever its origin Mm. is from, like what was the point of, of using something. And when it comes from, an authentic place, um, then it typically, I would say it works. Yeah. Um, but when you're using something like it, it often feels like, you know, it just, 
you're using this device or this technique or this whatever as a means to, or as like an end unto itself, you're like, it's as, as opposed to a means to something. Hmm. And you think it's like, okay, I'm just going to do this to, yeah. And then it just becomes this glaring thing that seems out of place. You know, like I've seen that. I, I can't think of an example right now, but film is, I think kind of classic for that sort of thing where it's just like, you see like this shot just out of nowhere, you know, they're like, they they just use some sort of a camera angle that just doesn't fit with the rest of it. And it's different. It's kind of unique, but it doesn't really fit with, with it as a whole. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, okay, this was a choice that was made at some point along the way. It's like, oh yeah, this would be really cool to <laughs> be really cool to do this shot, you know, and we'll film it like this and we'll, and it's like, well, Okay. Yeah, it's funny. I'm working with, uh, I'm actually working with a client right now and she's written this really funny script. It's a, it's her first movie. Um, and it's a short and it's uh, based on a true story that actually happened in her life. And it's ridiculous what, what her and her friends concocted. And she was like, she's like, do you think this would be a good movie back when it actually got written? And I was like, yeah, it sounds brilliant. It's hilarious already. And like, and then she worked it and she's, she, she, you know, she, uh, took her time with me to really work the script and whatever. And then, um, to, she's been, she's now she's about to produce it and she's been going for looking at all our options for financing, like doing private financing, doing uh, crowdsourcing and doing all this grant stuff. And then she was talking with another filmmaker and that filmmaker was like telling her about how he got his movie made. And, um, I, I don't know who this person is and you know, and maybe his film is good, but the way he went about it to me was like ridiculous. Like he made it about like a paraplegic and, um, who falls in love with a native girl because he wanted to get the paraplegic thing and the native thing, because he knew that would help him get the grant. And that's the whole, and she was like, did you have like a purpose or a point to this story? Like a a message? And he was like, well, mostly what was important is what we hit all the elements that we needed for the grant. And that's what they're making the movie from. And I'm like, how that, that thing cannot be good. I mean, like no yeah. matter, no matter what you do, like it might look great. You might do all this other stuff, but in, unless you figure out how to connect to that story on a, on a way that's meaningful for you, it's going to be surface, even if it seems deep, Yeah, you know? And I, and, and she was like really worried. Cause she was like going like, you know, maybe I should have done that when we started. I'm like, no, you did it the right way. What you, like you did it the best way. Just think about it. I'm like, like, do you want to be someone that makes your films or makes, or does your art based on what, you know, like you're always just playing the game, you know, like yeah. that's the stuff you do to like make money. Like that's the stuff that you do to like maybe maintain your career, but it's not the stuff you do that matters to you. Yeah. And I'm like, who do you know that that's a filmmaker? Like name someone who is like had a really big career that made their career based on like just selling out and trying to appease the audience. Like, you know, you look at, you look at, like, I look at all the film directors who made their own way. Yeah. They were passionate about whatever their project was. And I'm not saying they were all super deep, but for whatever reason, there's an authenticity. There's an authenticity to Reservoir Dogs. There's an authenticity to Mean Streets. Yeah. There's like, like all these guys who, and, and, and ladies who made their films there's, if you look at their first opening films, there's usually a real authenticity to it. Yeah. They didn't make it by doing some like, like, like 
perfectly cookie cutter thing and getting it all right. I mean, it's it's, full of mistakes. It's full of, you know, stuff that could have been better. Yeah. And the ones that work actually have a lot more mistakes and, and people are surprised like, how did this work? Oh, this is the new trend. And then everyone tries to copy that trend. Like if you're copying trends and trying to appease things, like, I think that that's a real backwards way to go. Mm -hmm. And like, why do you want to like, you know, like you want a movie grant, like, and I always, I also think like, what you want to sell your soul for a movie grant? Like, that's what you want to do. Like, yeah. it's really great. You get the grant, but like the way I look at it is like, like it was a $50,000 grant. Like, you know, I mean, I get that some people find that hard to do, but like make a film that people believe in enough to put 50 grand in on their own without you having to go to some yeah. grant. I mean, it's not that much money. Like a grant is like, in my opinion, it's like an addition you know, if, if no one even believes in your film enough to put 50 grand in, then your film's probably not good. Just because the grant gives you money doesn't mean your film should be made. And this is the problem. I think this is why people get like discouraged with grants. Cause they're like, you know, and people, if someone else is out there and you make, and you are like on the board of grants, like wake the fuck up, like <laughs> stop making shit. And, and like, like really check, does this thing have heart in it? And, and when you write your, your, will we give you money for your film? Put in the first fucking paragraph. Like we want to see that it comes from the heart. That should be every film. And what are you teaching people? I have to, I'm going to take a little rant here. All give right. Me a second. Cause Should you know, grab what? the soapbox for you. This is my soapbox. Dan. it's a little different than the education system. Yeah. But grant people like I'm, this is a call to fucking action. And I'm not saying you're bad people. I'm not saying I'm saying you're doing your best and you have your points. You want to hit cultural things and do all this. Number one point, just write it in the, in the, in the bloody grant thing. Where does this connect to you as a person in your heart? Why does this matter to you personally? Make them answer that question. And if that question is not answered well, do not give them money to make a film. Do not sell out our artists for them figuring out how to play your game and, and just add in elements to, to appease some agenda or if art is made on an agenda, we will never create anything great. And what you want to do, and if you're behind a grant, this is my opinion, you're, you're helping someone who maybe didn't have a chance, but is a brilliant artist, get a chance to make some great art that we might never see. Don't give it to someone who's like, some, someone who just knows how to play your game really well. And like, you know, and they're just going to check off a bunch of boxes and like, and, and appease you. I I think the thing is, is maybe make them help, like give, encourage them to check off these boxes, but like make it something that they are connected to personally. Cause that's the only art that's going to matter. Yeah. You know, and, and let the, let the studios make surface shit you know, but like when we're beginning as artists and we're not, we're not working with a lot of money, we need to be making stuff that matters. Yeah. My little cat's running around cause I got passionate going and he's crazy. like, what's going on? He's like, are you all right? He's feeling the energy. He's feeling it. Um, yeah, so yeah no, that's my point. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting in this example that you gave, I mean, there's something that it's like, it's like, Oh, it's about like this story about this, this paraplegic guy and this native girl. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I can see like that beat, but like right. the, it's the, again, yeah, it's the whole thing that was behind it. It's right. like, you didn't go up because you thought of this great story and you really felt compelled to tell it. You said, okay, how am I going to have the best shot at getting 
getting grants. Right. And I mean, that's an extreme case of like, because I've heard that before, um, you know, in terms of talking, um, to people about getting grants and stuff like that. And, you know, there's, um, there's always, what do they, what do they call that? Affirmative action. Yeah. That's what it is. They call it. And I don't know exactly how I feel about affirmative action. I've heard very intelligent people argue for and against it. Some people who just think that it's, it's completely wrong. Yeah. And some people who think that it's actually necessary. Um, hard to know. That's maybe a conversation for another time, but yeah, I mean, this is maybe one of the things that works against its, its favor. Yeah. You know, is that it's like, well, no, but now you have somebody who's very insincere, who's just doing this, you know, to get free money basically to make a movie and take it away from someone else. Because yeah, like they have these things where it's like, you know, I've heard of little things of filmmakers like, Oh, is there, um, a chance that you can work, you know, some type of a minority into your script here or there or whatever. And people will be like, okay. And like, they'll shift, um, some stuff around to, to try and qualify in that respect. But that's good because that's not from the core point of the story. That's like, okay, well, like maybe we didn't think to put another ethnicity in here and it's not like going to affect the core heart element of the story. But like, that's an insult to native people. And it's an insult to paraplegic people in my opinion, because now you're using them to get your film made. And that is not why movies are made. Movies are made to tell that person's story. Yeah. It's extortion a little bit at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't want to be in a culture where extortion is encouraged, especially in the arts. Yeah. I think, you know, and there's nothing like we talk about selling out. What is selling out? Selling Mm. out is using your art and you know, it's extortion. It is. It's like, I'm going to manipulate and, and, you know, trick everybody into watching my film by, by using what like, you know, and the problem is, is, you know, it, cause you go see these movies and you, you know, it's like you said, like the, the lack of heart that's in it, 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 it comes through in everything that's done because yeah. it becomes like, we were talking about this actually with um, our last guys that were on, but the movie of the week, I mean, those movies are made for often more money than some of the best independent films that get made. Yeah. Yet they're shit. And these independent films are like Oscar winners or like, they're, they're like huge. Some of them. Mm-hmm. So like, why, what's the difference? Well, that indie film, people had their heart in it. They believed in it. It mattered to them for that movie of the week. It was a paycheck. And I think if we start using grants as a paycheck, as a way to like, you know, cover our expenses, we, we, you, you, not only did you steal from a, from a, you know, quote unquote, real artist that actually had a heart and had a real story to tell, but you manipulated. What if there, here's another thing. What if there was another actual story out there with the real paraplegic and, and someone else who was native or whatever this story is. And it was a real story, Mm -hmm. but it was a native person telling it. And maybe they didn't have the social chances that this person had. And they were really trying to get their story told. And it meant something to him. And it was like in their heart. And this person, this fucker came along, excuse my French (laughs) and stole it from them because they manipulated the system. That's bullshit. You know what? It's like, I want to be the kind of filmmaker that says, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to steal from like, and it's granted it's a grant money. It's open to everybody, but I don't want to be the person that manipulated it out of someone else's hands. Who's like, 
who's that minority? Or what if it was a paraplegic person that was trying to get their first film made, yeah. but then someone else came along and just used and manipulated that mm-hmm. to me. Like, I think that as artists, we need to be a little bit more mindful. The yeah. money's not worth it. Your soul, your, your, your being, your personhood, your voice is worth more than that. And I think that the people who are running the grants, they need to, because this person got money for that. They need to be more responsible about where they're handing out their money and they need better questions, you know, because if you have like, it's like we said on one of the earlier podcasts, and I'm very passionate about this as you can tell, Yeah. but if someone's going to work on my film, this is my, my number one core rule is I will ask the person, doesn't matter where they are. Why do you want to do it? I need to know your answer. And yes, there is a wrong answer. Yes, there is a wrong answer. And and you don't know what I know how to listen for it. And you're not going to know how to manipulate me because I know what to listen for. I listen and I watch and I will pay absolute minute attention to everything that you do. And if you give me any iota or cue that you're not really in it and you're bullshitting me, you're gone. Yeah. Because it's that important to me and it needs to be treated that way. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I think it's great. I mean, you need to call people out on that sort of thing, not just for yourself, right? Not just for, you know, in some ways protecting and, um, making sure that this thing that you love can be everything that you want it to be. Cause there's so many things, especially with film. Yeah. There's so many things that can go wrong. Yes. You know, there's so, you know, and stuff is going to go wrong, you know, in the process of it. Um, but the thing that you don't want to have go wrong is that somebody's just not cutting the mustard because they just, they don't have any ounce of their heart in it. You know, they're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just some little thing, you know, something to help boost up my resume or something like that, especially for actors. Actors can really be like that. And I think that's somewhat of a conditioning that happens if you, when you get in the system for a long time and you're, you're in that industry model for a long time, like you're not even, you're, you're thinking about using this stuff as a means of getting to some other place instead of doing it for what the project is itself. Right. Um, but it's an important, not only just for, for you, for a person who's, you know, who's created this thing, who's written this thing, who's making it, uh, it's important for that person as well Yes. to know why, and to have a bit of a, of a check on themselves as artists, you know, it's like, well, what are you, what are you bringing to this? Like, what does this mean to you? what part of you gives a shit about this? You know, that's where I think the art, that's where artistry actually comes into play. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not in, it's not in the, Oh, well, you know, it's going to help boost my resume, you know, and if it does something all right, you know, that'll look good as well. You know, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll get some awards or if I could do good. It's like, you know, if you're, if that's your approach, you're not going to win any fucking awards. No. You know, like it's not going to happen unless some screwed up, twist of fate. But and even if you did, you know, you know, it'll be bullshit. Yeah. And that's worse. You know, that's worse. Like you can hide behind your award, but you don't, you know, you'll know it's bullshit. Like I was, I was having a conversation with, um, with a writer who I think I actually believe that this person may be an Oscar winner one day. I really believe that he has that kind of potential. And we were talking about the Oscars and like, you know, and he was talking about how, and I said, you know, have you ever watched Marlon Brando's speech, the first Oscar he won for on the waterfront. And we pulled it out and we watched it. And 
Marlon Brando, just watch him walk up to the stage. He's already an Oscar winner before they ever said Marlon Brando wins it. Yeah. And in and the way he delivers his speech and the way he talks, the Oscar was everyone else realizing it. Mm. He already knew he was. So I was pointing out to this writer, I said, you know, you'll know when you're an Oscar winning writer, it won't matter whether they give you the award or not, but you'll, you'll do what you might do what you need to, but you don't want to sell yourself out to try to get that reward. Cause I think that's people get caught up in this idea. And you watch some of these Oscar speeches and there's some that are, you know, evidently a lot better than others because when people get up there and they're like, you know, it's all about this award. It's like, you were already like, look, even if you got nominated, you were an Oscar worthy person, whether we all voted and said, you get it or you get it. Who gives a shit? Like, look at Leonardo DiCaprio. We were all like, if Leo doesn't win an award, we're all pissed off because he's already an Oscar winner. We We didn't have to, we don't have to give him an award, but we're like, you damn well better give him a award because if yeah. you don't, and that's why, like, I think even for the Revenant, people are like, he's getting it because it's like, they can't not yeah. give it to him. Like if he dies, like, like it's going to make us look bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so like, I think the thing is, is it really important to remember that you're there before you ever arrive. You're mm-hmm. there inside before you ever arrive. Yeah. You know? And, um, and, and it does, it starts from within. And I think story starts from within and what you're pointing out is, you know, and, and you brought it up kind of with the music, you know, and that's where this kind of stemmed from. But yeah. a song, it needs to start from that core place. Yeah. Yeah. And the Grammys are tonight too, actually. Oh yeah. I think so true. they'll be, I mean, I haven't watched the Grammys in years. I think the last time I watched it, I felt just very kind of sick to my stomach. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think it's, and it's interesting, you know, like you, you talk about Marlon Brando stepping up on, on stage and, and, you know, I think of some of the people who are truly, um, truly the great artists, you know, and, and some of my favorites as actors and as film directors and stuff, you know, they get up there and they say these things about the work that they do, which is like, I, I love it because, you know, we talk so much about detachment of from your work and, and also for myself personally coming to more and more understanding on like deeper and deeper a level of how, in some ways, how little I have to do with what's going on. Mm. Right. Like we've talked about that so many times, like, and I, like, it just seems the more and more I sort of, I trust the more and more I surrendered, the more and more this creative stuff flows a lot more easily. And the, the less I make it about myself and making my, you know, this thing, a reflection upon me, you know, and how good I am and blah, 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 blah. The more you, I've released myself from that, the easier it gets. And I feel the better my work becomes. So whenever I see some of these greats, I start to understand the language that they use now when they go up and they accept these awards, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, this is, this is nice, you know, like, but there's just, there's a sense of like, this is just lucky in some ways, you know, like I'm just, I'm just kind of blessed. I'm just sort of fortunate to, to be in this position. Right. Because 
there's so many, I mean, for one, there's so many people involved with it, but it's just such a weird process in and of itself. Like you, you watch Christoph Waltz give some of his Oscar speeches and you're just like, (laughs) it's some of the weirdest stuff you've heard somebody say, but he's just like, man, he's out there. Like he's so out there in the way that he talks about why he's standing up there on that stage. Mm -hmm. He's just like, man, it's just these minds and we just kind of come together. And I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the shit happened. Right. But like we're there, we're present, we're doing our work, we're exploring this thing. And sometimes this happens, right. You know, that's what happens when you just sort of, you let go of all of this shit. Yeah. Right. And it is, it's like that. I love, there's that whole paradox is like the more you kind of want something, it's almost the heart, the harder it becomes to get that thing. Yeah. You know, you have to completely be willing to let go of it, to abandon it, to not have to have that thing anymore in order to have it. Yeah. And it's a weird paradox. And it's one that kind of like, just makes your, your head kind of numb a little bit. You're like, I don't even know how to do that. Right. And through this show and through my own explorations in, in performance and art and creating things like, yeah, it's, it's really, it comes down to this whole thing. I'm like, okay, well I'm going to be present with this. I'm going like the more I, I just get present and get myself out of the way of this thing and allow some other experience to happen. Then the further along that road, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Mm. And it's this weird thing because then it's like you start to move a little bit closer towards it and you go, Oh my God, I'm actually heading this direction. But then you have to like, it's like, no, but you have to keep doing the thing that's actually pulling you in that direction. Right. Cause it's not actually that thing that's pulling you in the direction. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, you know, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, it's, you know, I think where things have changed for me, cause like I would say that since December, my career kicked into like overdrive. Like it went from being like, yeah, things are really going all right to like, things are really happening now. And I think for me, like I got honest with myself and I said, what do I want to do? I want to be a filmmaker. And I was willing to let go of the safe choice and then start to do this. And then, you know, since I did that, like, it's like all of a sudden the world like started recognizing everything that I did, you know, but like before it was like every, like, even though I was doing all this stuff, it always kind of felt like it was kind of like not recognized, you know, it was like, and it was just kind of a struggle, Mm -hmm. you know? And even though like, it's interesting because I'll hear people say like, they're like, Oh, I want to have, I want to have that career you have. And I'm like, I don't know. It's interesting. Cause like, remember when Owen came on, he was telling us about what it's like to be a novelist and you go, Oh, it'd be so cool to go on tour as a novelist. And he was kind yeah. of telling you what it's actually like. And you're like, Oh, interesting. But you have this idea in your mind of what it's like. It's not as glamorous as you might think. Right. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing that is kind of surprising. You know, I imagine like uh, Jim Carrey, like I imagine like his whole thing where he's like, I hope you get everything you want. So you realize it's not what you want, you know? Yeah. But it's like, I imagine that as glamorous as it looks, it's not as glamorous as you think. And that's the part where when you get to that place, you really kind of realize it's like, Oh, like, I don't know. I thought I would get here and it would look like this or be like that or whatever. Or I would feel this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, I realized that I think I've had personally my major shift. And I'd say a lot of my twenties, you know, a lot of my, just my earlier part of my life has been, um, kind of like 
I wanted to get, I wanted to make these films. I believed in things, but it was always really polluted by the fact that I wanted to get kind of credit. I wanted to move my career forward. I wanted to win like awards. I, like I even remember doing sound editing on a show and being like the sound editing. And it was great. Don't get me wrong, but it was, I was doing it because I wanted to win a sound award. Like I just like, I like, and, and yeah, and it's like, why not do it? Because you want this story to have fucking epic sound because it will enhance it. Not because of some award that everyone's going to recognize and be like, that was really good sound. Who gives a shit about that? It's the, it's the experience of the sound, you know? And like heat had great sound. Remember that in heat. Yeah. That's one of like the most amazing uses of sound that I can, well, that I, my mind automatically goes to you know, but, and I think it probably, I think it won awards for sound, but it was the, the thing is it was never really necessarily about that. Like it was about the sound, but the sound, it was about the sound for a completely different reason. Mm. Because it was like, if you haven't seen heat and you're listening to us now, you need to watch this movie. I think it's probably still my favorite, my favorite Michael, uh, Michael Mann film. Yeah. Uh, and basically, yeah, there's like the bank robbery and there's this music that's playing out through it as this whole thing. It's pretty tense. You know, it's this quiet little music. And then it breaks out into the streets of downtown Los Angeles. And then the police are suddenly there and the guns start firing hmm. and the music stops and the, and the guns are just thundering and echoing through the buildings. Like it's just this sound of like, it sounded, I, I, it was the first thing I can remember as being like, that's probably what it would have sounded like, mm. you know, like if you were in that situation, it would have just been echoing through the streets, you know, like bouncing off the buildings, the sound of like these automatic weapons, just like going off in pandemonium. Yeah. And it was just unreal. Like I remember that, but yeah. And it's not the reason it was, it was for a reason of creating an experience for you as an audience member. That's what it was for. And you know, I, you know, it's interesting cause, um, you know, like one of the projects there was like, there's gun sounds, gunfire going off. And, um, I wanted the gunfire to be obnoxiously loud. That was like what I, I wanted. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny, you're doing something and you forget the reason why you're doing it. Like, I wanted people to have the real experience of what it would be like to be in this situation. And now like just that choice alone, that came from a certain amount of truth that didn't come from, Oh, if we make it obnoxiously loud, people will really love it and be really good. It came from like, have you ever been to a gun range? Have you ever been around? Like when people are like shooting, it's, it's loud. It's, it's vibrates. It's, it's your, your, it's visceral. And like, um, you know, we still get compliments on that, you know, from this project. It's mm-hmm. like, it, you feel it a little more and it's, you know, I, I watch shows sometimes and I'd see it's like pew pew. It's like this tiny little gun sound. It's like, that's bullshit. Like a gun, like if, if a gun fires, you know, and you're not, you're not wearing ear protection. Like I would have actually even, if I was thinking more with my heart and not with like, Oh, the sound will be great. I might've even added a little bit of a, uh, you know, when you're, when you, when, when, uh, you kill something in your ear, you get a buzzing sound like yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I would have added that in there just to give you that feeling of like it's silence. And then once the gunfire happens for the first little bit of the, of that moment, just have that 
going on just because it would create this sense of like, I, like my ears, I'm losing hearing right now because of this gunfight. Like to me, that's thinking with your heart. That's thinking about the real feeling that you're in there. Yeah. And people will feel that shit. But if you're trying to create an an experience, that's the thing. Yeah. It's really about creating experience. experience. Right. And if you're trying to think about the award, you miss things like that, which I, I did, you know? And so like, you know, I look at, I look at this stuff and I go, yeah, like, you, you know, you got to really come back to that source. You got to come back to that. Why did I want to do it in the first place? And, yeah. and, and if it's pure, you know, you're on the right path. But if it's because like, I'm doing this because I want to win an award or cause it'll pad my stats, and my resume, yeah. and you know, you're off course, you just know, and you got to be honest with yourself and you got to readjust or people will love me. Yes. Or if I win an award, me. which yeah. is like, Oh, Oh yeah. Brutal. But you but, know, we say, Oh, cause we did it. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally did it. Yeah. And I think, you know, and it's not a, again, like this, this isn't to make it sound like awards are, are bad things. They're not, they're not bad things, you know, like they, it can be a really wonderful, um, it can be a really wonderful recognition you know, like it can be a, a truly a, a beautiful moment in, in some ways. Um, but it's, it's a moment, yeah. right? It's something that only lasts for a moment regardless. And, and I think it's, it's not wrong to still want that. I think, you know, we recently talked about like, you know, fame and stuff like that on a, on a recent podcast. And I said, you know, there's there, it was something that I wanted so bad, you know, at one point, in my life or, you know, my young life as an actor. Um, and then that whole dream sort of started to change in some ways, but there is still an element of me that's like, yeah, it's still kind of like, I would like to have that experience, you know, at some point, like Mm -hmm. that would still be kind of cool. Um, same thing with like awards, you know, like I was like, Oh, I want to be an Oscar winner one day and blah, 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 blah. And, 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 you know, I had all these ideas of, you know, again, what that would mean that would make, that would validate my entire existence. If I wanted, you know, an Oscar, that's what, you know, you kind of actually put on it. Well, can I stop Uh, you for a second? Yeah. You know what? The thing is, is you don't actually want to be famous. What you want is the experience of being famous. Now, let me tell you why, because you have 10,000 people already listening to you speak on a, like on a regular basis. Like, you know, there's, there's people all over the world that you don't even know and you're famous to them and you're changing their life right now. Cause this podcast, and they've written us and shared that with us. You're famous to them. They know you, you don't know them. Right. And that, and, and the thing is, is what you really want is you want to experience that, that type of fame where what you're doing matters and it's important and it's impacting people. And I think the thing is, is we think of fame, like this thing of like, I need to be in this position. And, and I think fame in and of itself is like, you said it, when it's an experience of it, I think it's a good thing. It's, it's a recognition that, Hey, I'm doing something in the world that matters, but the fame that fulfills the ego side, like I need to be famous cause I'm not like good enough. I'm not lovable. I feel like I need that so that, yeah. or I need that so I can have this lifestyle you don't need fame to give you permission to drive a Ferrari. You can go rent a Ferrari. You can go figure it out and you can go drive that for a day. But I'll tell you what, if you drive a Ferrari every single day for the rest of the year, I guarantee you're going to find a day where it gets boring. Yeah. You're going to find a day where it becomes usual and it becomes average. And then you'll need something more and then you'll need something more. And, and 
if we saw fame that way as this, um, it, it never is fed. It always wants more. Yeah. You, you start to realize that it, that's actually the lie. Yeah. Right? yeah. I've heard people talk about like who've owned like supercars and something like that. And they said it's actually, um, creates more, um, sort of like mental and emotional problems than not having one hmm. because they become self-conscious about the fact that they're driving a Ferrari. It's like, Oh, what do people think of me? Do people think I'm some asshole hmm. who drives a Ferrari? <laughs> Right. And it's just, and, and then it's, so it becomes a new problem yeah. in a way that you don't even expect. Right. But, um, yeah, to get back on this, on this train, it's like you, this, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with, you know, having some sort of a desire to be, to be recognized and whether that's through fame or, or through awards, but it's when you're doing it for, for the, only for that very reason that, you kind of, I, I think that you put yourself in a position to where you can pretty much never, never have it hmm. in some ways. Like it's because to me, it's like the only way you get it is by really doing the work you, and by making yeah, like, you're so right. Go ahead. It's about, yeah. And really giving a shit about the work that you're doing right. More than anything else where it's like, you know, and yeah, you know what, maybe, there's a moment like while you're in the midst of your work where a part of your brain goes like, Oh my God, I could win an award for this. Right. But you go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like shut the fuck up Yeah. because you are not going to do it. <laughs> you're not the one who actually does it. This voice that's that, that voice that's saying we can win an award for this. Okay. <laughs> Cause now it's like, if you're an actor, it's just like push this emotion now. <laughs> and now it's like, and if you're an actor listening to this pushing emotion is just like, now you fucked yourself, right? Totally. It's like the only, like you have to be a hundred percent present with the work. You know, the ego has to take, you know, has to be fucking be checked at the door when you're doing the work. All of this shit about fame and the awards cannot enter when you're doing the work. Totally. You, re- you, you, you brought up and I, and I, and I realized it before you even said it, but you brought up the paradox of it all. If you want the fame and awards, you can't win the fame and the awards because the fame and the awards are doing based on genuine, real connected work. And the only way to do genuine, real connected work is to not worry about the awards. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, like, so really that's why I think the detachment and the letting go of their awards is so important. I think if you're if you build a certain amount of self-love and self-awareness, you can recognize that you might win awards, but you, you don't, it doesn't, you don't hang anything on it. You know, you recognize that that's possible. Like with this film we're working on, like there's been already talk about like, this could be an award winner. This might be, this might be really huge. And it's like, yeah, it might be. And I really had a heart to heart with myself about that because that was pretty exciting idea. But I was like, I just think it's going to be a fucking awesome film. And I was yeah. like, I know I'm in the right place. Cause actually I didn't even really care I, about the word and the things that could happen. Yeah. I was like, no, but I really believe in this film. And then, um, I, you know, I had a check with myself with our film because yeah. I was like, am I making a mistake? Are we, are we going about something that's just like, and I was like, no, I believe in this film. And I was like, maybe it never even will have a chance to win an award just because of the nature of it. Cause mm-hmm. it's a Canadian film and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, but I like, when I look back on my life, that's when I want to have done. So mm-hmm. I look at, it and I go, 
oh man, like, and that excites me. Cause like when I was younger, um, and even actually not even too long ago, I think that's actually part of what held up the film a little too, you know, is like, I think we were still working on our own stuff, like through this yeah. podcast a lot about getting rid of some of our needs to succeed, our need to, you know, make it in. And I, I think what ends up happening is we haven't really, we haven't really, um, taken a project where we've, I don't know, like I've made projects, but, but I haven't done it since I was a kid where I made a project simply because my heart was in it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that you get in the industry and I think like when you're early on, unless you're maybe like, you're not too fucked up. I was a little fucked up. (laughs) I'm just be honest. Yeah. But I had to work through my pollution of ego. My ego was polluting all my art and my purity. But when I made my first film when I was 16, dude, I made that without an editing system. I borrowed someone's camera and I cut it together by shooting the scenes in linear order because that's all I could do. Had a blast doing it, got all my friends involved. That thing won first place in our, in, in, in the whole festival. Like that was only, that wasn't done to win first place in a festival. That was done because I really believed in the film and everyone else who came on board really believed in the film and it turned out to be awesome. Yeah. And it's funny because that was my first film. I didn't know how to make a film and know what I was doing. And it's, it's funny cause like the very first thing I ever did had all the answers I ever needed. And yet I went and I had to go deal with the pollution of my ego and everything I did afterwards never quite had the oomph it could have had because I was so caught up in like what it might do for my career and how it might help me. And I'm not saying that I was like entirely egotistical, but it's like ego is like a pollution. It pollutes the purity of like your intent. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it comes into the work when you bring it, when you bring it with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I did that. I didn't realize it at the time, you know, when I was a young actor in training, you know, like I had some, I had some good education. I had some good skills. I think I had some good instincts and, and natural, um, you know, natural dispositions towards some of the, the demands and requirements of acting. Um, but there was an element to which I was bringing my ego in with me that I, I wasn't even aware of because to me, ego was like a sense of like, not, not being able to look foolish. Mm. You know, essentially that was how I conceived of the ego which is like, Oh, it's just, yeah, well, I'm not afraid to make a fool of myself. You know, I'm not afraid to whatever like that. And yeah, fair enough. Like I I wasn't really afraid to make a fool of myself, but it was an idea of making a fool of myself. Right. But it was, and so I was still carrying in all of this stuff of even in the classroom of being like, no, I want to be great so that people will say that I am great. Mm. Right. Like I wanted that validation. I needed that validation. And I, and you can't fucking act. You can't create when you have that on top of you because you've put this pressure on you. Now you're trying to think of a way that you can do this and there's no way that you can think it. And you know, there was, there was something that was still, I think on the right track for me is that it's like, you know, I did want to be great, but the reasons I wanted to be great were the things that were really preventing me from going further until I eventually, and this is why I love to engage actors with what do you think you do? What is it that you are doing as an actor? What is this thing called acting? 
you know, and that's why I love our conversations of like, what is this that we are doing as artists? Mm. You know, like, because there's so much shit that we pile on top of something that's actually quite simple and quite pure. Mm. Right. And the more shit we pile on top of it, the less we are actually able to do it. And that's with all of these sort of expectations, these results, these things that we want to come with that make it impossible to actually even have those results as this conversation has sort of been, been going. But it was once I actually started to figure out what I was actually doing as an actor Mm. and connecting to that thing and just being like, okay, I still really fucking want to, in fact, I want to do this fucking more than ever. And now I'm doing it for its own sake. Mm-hmm. Now, as opposed to for the sake of validation, for the sake of awards and recognition and all of this shit, you know, and at the same time, it's just like, and now it's like, if that happens, then it happens. I'm open to receiving that as well. But I have a deeper connection that like that is going to need to be fulfilled first. Mm always. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's where it is because I've been trying to, yeah, I've been trying to find a way to put this because I'm like, I don't want to say that this shit is just bad. You know, I was like, you don't want fame and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. cause there's people no, who are like that. It isn't bad. It's not good it's or bad. It's, use it. it's how we use it. Yeah. And, but the thing is, is that I have a connection to my, my work and my art that needs to be fulfilled first before that shit matters, Mm. right? It's like, if I fulfill this, then I'm going to be happy because even if I get this and I don't fulfill this, it's, it's not going to be a good situation. Right. Right. Like for me personally, like in my own sense of just what I love to do and my experience of what I'm doing, this thing has to be met within myself first. Right. For me to be kind of have some level of, of satisfaction yeah. Right. Like, and then the rest is like, that's gravy and, and it's great. It took us so long to get to that. Like, I mean, like in, in our lives, I mean like not really, but, and I think some people never get there. Like I, you know, I have one particular friend and, and they struggle so much with this authenticity thing because they want to be a famous actor so badly. And there's just, when you talk to them in person and you connect with them and you see their heart come out and you see their compassion and their love and their, they're just a beautiful human being. And then they're the, even when you're with them though, you can see them kind of like wanting to be more, you know, wanting. And, and it's like, and I, and I really relate to that because I feel like when I was younger, I wanted so badly to be more, I didn't feel enough. Mm-hmm. And, and I think like, man, like if I could communicate to that person, just like if I could communicate to myself, because I'm like, I'm not saying like I'm further along. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying like that was a struggle I went through. And, um, I think that that's something that we really have to work. Like, you know, if I could make a call out in the podcast, like to myself at like, you know, my early, early twenties and like late teens there, I would just say like, you, you know, I know you're not going to hear me and I know you're not going to believe me, but you really are enough. You're, you're so amazing you're so capable. You don't need anyone to think anything, anyone to validate you. And it's not, it's not hubris. It's not ego. It's not anything. My friend, um, so my, okay, so I'm, I'm relaunching BC Film Academy or we're, we're, we're actually, we're launching it. We're changing yeah. the name, all of this. It's BC Film Academy. It's all being launched. It's, it's going to be 
unbelievable. Probably one of the best things I've ever been a part of. Um, and I think it's going to make a profound impact, but getting to this stage, um, has been a a real personal journey for me. Um, because I've been surrounded by people who are way more experienced than me, way more experts and, um, in their areas. Mm -hmm. And my friend pointed out, he says, you're a fucking expert in your area. And he's like, you don't give yourself enough credit and you don't take enough tribute for what you've built. He's like, dude, you built a show. My, this is my friend who was pointing out. It's like, you built a show out of nothing and raised money, not knowing, having no one teach you how to do it. You did that. You did that. You figured that shit out. And you went out and you got like 123 people and for free, basically most of them to work on a project because they believed in it. Cause you did you know, you've done things like that. You've done things like, you know, whatever. And he was going off. He's like, what I want you to do is I want you to sit down. And I did this last night and I want you to give yourself tribute for how capable of a human being you are. Now it's not because of what you did, but it's because of you, you need to see how capable you are. So I sat down and I wrote out and I actually ended up being a long writing session, but at the end of it, I felt so amazing because I, I distributed myself for all these things I've done in my life. Like even for like, I went through fucking depression. I went through depression. I went to the point where I was like, what's the point of life? Should I jump off a fucking bridge? Yeah. Like I went through that and that, and I'm not like, I never attempted or anything, but I was at the point where I was like, it was a legitimate option. I was down in my, you know, worst places. Right. Yeah. I went through that and I made it through that and came out. You know that I can never in, in many ways ever go back to that same place and ever have it affect me that way again, because I've been through it. I came through it and I survived and I lived and I found something. Um, I found a spirit to live in spite of losing everything I thought that was important. That is something that has made me more capable as a human being. And you need to give yourself tribute for that. If you're going through depression on the other end of this podcast or whatever, like right now you're building something in who you are. If you're facing not good enough, I mean, I faced not good enough. I went through that. And, and what I'm saying is that you don't even need to do that. Here's the other thing. And this is another lesson that has been hitting me like, um, in the face over and over the last couple of weeks. But do you know how capable you are? Like people don't realize this. Now, if I invented this computer that can record and do all this stuff and it can program and whatever, it still isn't as amazing as if I created you. If I created you, you're way more, way more valuable than any computer could ever be. Now here's why. Cause I could say, Hey Evan, can you pass me over that beer? And you'll pass me over that beer. And the thing is, well, is that maybe, maybe but <laughs> the thing is, is either way you could. Now this computer might be able to do stuff, but I can't get it to necessarily hand me a beer. I can't get it to think on its own. The, the, the fact that you can walk around and bring this conversation to me, that you can go out in life, experience things, feel shit. You know, you're, you're this incredible thing. Now, if I invented you, how amazing would that be? Right? Like we're right now we're dealing with, we're, we're trying to reinvent, like we're trying to make, um, you know, AI, right? But like right now, even at the current stage we're at, we can't even invent something as valuable as a human being yet, you know? And this is the thing is you have to realize that like you have these hands that can grab shit and do stuff and pull you up and climb and you can move in all these crazy, amazing ways. You can heal 
If I put a dent in that computer, it's not fixing itself. But if they put a dent in me, I will fix myself. My body will fix me. That's fucking crazy. So like we're walking around and we're like, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not whatever. You're in this machine. Your consciousness is in this machine of your little carbon body that is fucking fascinating. And then on top of that, you have consciousness. You have, you're aware, you can think, you can bring yourself to the past and the future and tell stories and put complex ideas together that like you can, you can create things that computers and like, like animals cannot do. Yeah. And this is the thing. And we're, we're, we walk around and go, I'm not good enough. You know, it's, 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 it's a total lack of reality, which is what I was hit with over the last few days. And especially the other day when my friend called me out, he said, you're out of reality with how valuable you are. You know, that you, when you miss an event, people notice that like it upsets them, you know, you make an impact wherever you go. And so I was like, really hit me. I was like, wow. Like, you know, it's, and, 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 and I've been doing that since I was a little kid. It's not like now because I've done like, Oh, I made a film and now I'm a big deal. It's not it. Like I was already, if, if, you know, if I didn't come home, you know, if I didn't come home, my parents, they cared. If I didn't show up to school and see my friends, they cared people, you know, it matters. You make an impact. Even if they don't like you, even if the bully has no one to push around, you're still making an impact on them. And this is the thing we don't realize. We have such an impact in this world. And if we actually took that and owned that shit and we were in reality about that, we would recognize how valuable we are. We would do way more. It, it, it's like, a, like I'm in this, I feel like I'm in this life changing point of my life. Um, just with this realization, but I asked for this, I asked for this kind of awareness mm-hmm. and I, and I want to share that with people. Cause I think like that, that, you know, if anything, that might even be the message of my life is to tell people and have them actually feel and see how important they actually are. You know, even if you're all in your ego, even if you're all in your shit, it's still, you're still fucking valuable. Well, Cause the thing yeah. is it's like, it's like, yeah, because that's, that's all the bullshit. Right. Right. You know, once you get past all of that bullshit, you, there is the core of, of something that is, that is good. Someone's out there. <laughs> <laughs> Someone didn't like somebody. Someone's in pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and that's, and that's kind of part of the world that we're in, but you know, I, which is why I think it's so important for people and who to express and to communicate, you know, if you are in a, in a spot where you feel like you're down and out, you're depressed, you're like, you're questioning so much of what's going like, you are not alone. Mm. Like you are not alone in what's going on. Like you are in good company with a lot of people who don't know how to express it, who don't know how to, I mean, if you're listening to this show, I mean, there's a good chance you're an artist of some kind, or you want to be an artist. And if you haven't taken that step yet, or if you have been, and you've kind of fallen away from it, you know, more than ever, the world needs people to come out and speak honestly, speak with genuine honesty, honesty, and to be their, their honest expression of who they are. Hmm. Um, because then it's like, well, who's to say it's like this whole thing of good enough becomes irrelevant. Mm -hmm. If you speak honestly, there's no such thing. Yeah. Honesty is honesty. Like it's, it's not like they're good enough. Doesn't factor into that. It's the truth. Well, and that's, and and that's it, right? I think you hit the nail on the head is that, you know, 
we were talking about trust and truth and, and all this stuff, but like, I think, I think we live in a society that, that forgot how important truth is. That's what authenticity is. That's what being genuine is. I think we've forgotten it and we've tried to trade it for, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll play the game. I'll, I'll do the thing. I'll, I'll, you know, but that all came originally from its core place of someone's truth. And now people are trying to replicate it and copy it and do it again. And it's like, no, it's like your truth might not look like their truth, but it will be the truth. And who gives a shit? You know, it's like, um, the, the client that I'm coaching right now. And I think her, her film's really hilarious. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Like that's your truth. That's why it works. Cause she got, she was feeling like, you know, you know, I work with people, they, they have all this shit comes up, you know, and I'm glad I work on my own because I can help them with theirs. But she was like, well, you know, I've been looking at these other people and they're making these documentaries about like the sex trade and about, you know, children being kidnapped. And I'm like, look, if every piece of content out there was about the sex trade and kids being kidnapped, we'd fucking shoot ourselves because it would be so fucking depressing. I'm not saying there isn't a place for that, but there's also a place for really genuine, funny entertainment. Yeah. Maybe yours isn't about moving the world. Maybe it's about like wedding crashers, which is fucking hilarious. And when I'm having a bad day, I like that movie and I turn it on and I watch it and I have a laugh or I turn on, you know, some, some other kind of comedy, but there's a place and a time for it. And you're, you know, for you to judge yourself based on what someone else is doing first, that's just totally out of whack. And the other thing is, is like, trust that what you do and, and she was very thankful. And I think like, it really reminded me is like, whatever movie we feel is important to make, you know, making this movie, I believe it's important. The one that you wrote on the highway, it has a place in my, in my world it does. And so I say we make it, you know, and that's how, I think that's how you got to live. You just got to live from that core place, you know? And, um, yeah. And we'll figure it out. You'll figure out how to shoot it. We'll figure out what camera to use. You know, we'll figure it all out. It's yeah. all good. That's the, that's the fucking icing. Yeah. You know, like what matters is the cake, you know, you yeah. don't just fucking like, maybe you do, but you, you know, no one, no one has the birthday. Well, maybe someone does, but you don't have the birthday <laughs> where you fucking open up a can of icing and you go, here you go, eat your icing. And here's the fucking candle in it. The icing is for the cake, you know, and the, yeah. and you, you gotta come at it with some genuine kind of something, some body, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that, that metaphor was looking like it might fall apart a little bit. I don't know. You, sometimes you pull them together. I I, end, right? <laughs> well, that was all right. Yeah. Not Gosh. your best, but not your worst. Not my worst. Probably. I do like the analogies though. Yeah. You know, but here's another thing. I don't plan these analogies. They, they're on the whim. So sometimes yeah. they're a little brilliant. Sometimes they're stupid, but you know, that's, that's the way it is. That's, that's also the other thing. We got to take a little pressure off us as artists. Like sometimes you're going to say something that doesn't well, really work out. You're going to go halfway down and go, this plane's going down. I'm going to pull myself out and start again. Yeah. This is what you do. Well, I mean, it's so much like this still kind of all ties into this whole thing of, of our, our egos and stuff like that. You know, it's this somewhere along the way, you know, we gave up truth for appearances. Hmm. Just like, I want to appear like I'm in control. Like I know what the fuck I'm doing. Like I'm not afraid of anything and blah, 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 blah. But we all know it's bullshit. We all know it's complete bullshit. Like everybody's afraid everybody, but I mean, we're not all just afraid either. Yeah. You know, it's just like, we are all humans, you know, like one of, um, my <laughs> sort of one of my favorite people in the world. Whenever I ask him, I like, I should learn at this point every single time I ask him, like, I'm like, 
how are you? You know, how are you doing? He said, he always says, I'm human. (laughs) (laughs) I am human. And I just, the more I think about it, the more and more I love it because it's everything. It's just like, yeah. And, and to speak on like, you know, your client who's, who you're working with. And she's like, Oh, well, people are doing these documentaries. Like, yeah, you know what? Like we are full of, we are full of, you know, sorrow and ugliness, but we are full of joy and laughter. We are full of pain. We are full of, you know, being stupid sometimes, you know, it's just like, this is part of being human. Mm. Right. And it's like, once we start to accept ourselves as being human a little bit more, you know, the easier it gets to just like be okay with, with who we are, mm. you know, and not be so you know, and I guess maybe to a degree, keeping up appearances is part of how we're human in some ways. But I feel like the less I'm doing that, the more human I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, way. I think it's like, you know, you also got to have compassion for yourself, like wherever you're at. I mean, you got to be like, I, I, you don't have to do anything, but you, you know, I think it's beneficial to be like, okay, well, you know what? Um, if you've been running around with your ego, there's no shame. We all do it. I did it. Everybody does it. If you feel depressed, there's no shame. I remember when I went through my depression, I felt shame because I felt like it couldn't go out and I couldn't let people see that I was down and out. And, um, you know, since I've been more open about what I went through, people have thanked me for sharing my story. Uh, I've made closer bonds with people since I came more, became more honest and more truthful about what I was going through than I ever did when I was keeping up appearances, keeping up appearances didn't didn't, you know, and you know what? Some people didn't like me. Fuck them. I don't care. I was going through some shit. That's just life. You know what I mean? It makes you uncomfortable. That's fine. And I'm not, I don't even think you're a bad person for that. That's, that's fine. It made you uncomfortable. Maybe that means that there's something in you, you haven't dealt with. It had nothing to do with me. Yeah. Right. Keeping up appearances for what? Everybody has these things going on. Like, I'll tell you something. If someone came around me and they were like super depressed and they're like, I'm really going through a tough time, blah, blah, blah. I would fucking welcome them with open arms. I wouldn't be like, oh, you're killing my vibe. Get lost. You know, killing my vibe is like, I haven't dealt with my shit. So you're, you make it uncomfortable because now I have to actually have to deal with it. Yeah. That's what killing my vibe really means. Cause when you've been through depression, you've been through a low and you've actually and I, you know, I don't say this very often when you've actually sat in a moment and you thought I could fucking go and just jump off a bridge right now. Cause fuck it. Like everything is fucked and I'm just so upset and everything I built is shit and destroyed. And I don't know if anybody's real in my life. I don't know anything that's real. I don't know what I have. And you're going through the worst fucking time and you can come back from that and figure out a way to keep going. I look at someone who's there and I go, you know what? I've been there. I've already been there. I watched my dad go through it too. When he lost everything he built, I've watched other men go through it. I've watched other women go through it. I've seen that I've seen it. So when I look at it, I go, okay, great. You're in the lowest place. You're in a low place is okay. You're not allowed to be destructive or damaging to other people, you know? And if you are, I still forgive you, but you know, we got to kind of correct course here. But like the thing is, is that you got to Well, you don't have to do anything, but I really say, accept where you're at, wherever you're at, it's fine. You're depressed. You're depressed. It's all good. There's no problem with that. The problem with being depressed for me was the shame that came with it. Mm. It was the fact that I had to do it in secrecy and I felt like I had to do it alone. Now I wear it like a badge of honor. And my friend pointed that out to me too. He said, you know, cause when my dad, um, and my mom, they, they lost everything. 
And my dad asked me to help him buy a house because so, I had 10 grand I could put down as all my money is everything I had. Yeah. He asked me if I could put 10 grand towards the house. I did. And I never saw any return financially for that. I didn't even see my $10,000 back, but it helped him. And now I'm at a place where I want to buy my own house and I might not have my first time buyers, which is a real break when you buy a house. And I was talking to my friend about it and he's like, that's a badge of honor. You went out and gave to someone something you had when they were in need that mattered to you. It's like, whatever the cost is right now, you're the kind of person that does that. And I, and that's kind of how we got to look at it. You know, it's like we make mistakes. We do what we do. We, you know, we, maybe they're not even mistakes. Maybe they're good things. It doesn't matter. I don't need to get in the story of it, but what's important is that you look at your life and everything you've lived up till today is a badge of honor. It's, and even if you made the mistake, you're the kind of person that went out and made the mistake. Not everybody gets to do that. Yeah. You know? And so like, yeah. And I think that, I think the thing is, is when we don't accept other people, it's actually just the product of us not accepting ourselves. So keeping up appearances is like pretending that you're not really who you are. Yeah. Just be who you are. You know, like, you know, if people don't like it. Fuck them. You know what I mean? Don't cause any damages. Don't hurt anyone. Don't bring your shit out on everyone else, but like be real. It'll heal. The more you keep up appearances and the more you keep it secret, the harder it is to heal. That's mm-hmm. my personal experience. And from what I've seen from other people too, it's their personal experience and just boldly admit it. You know, if you've made a mistake in your life, don't hide it. Don't be scared to admit it. You know, I had someone, uh, tell me, um, you know, they were an ex drug addict, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, maybe some people judge that. I look at that. Okay, great. You you know, that was a part of your life. That's, that's what you went through to get where you are today. If you hide that away and you're scared to talk about that, I'm not saying you need to go into a job interview and say, I'm an ex drug addict. But when you're dealing with a real authentic person, you want to build a real relationship with, you know, be okay with that and be okay with that with yourself, whether you admit it or not is irrelevant, but that's going to, obviously accepting that truth is going to help feed your art. You know, I had someone call me the other day. Uh, I kid you not. They told me, you know, I realized that I'm gay and they're, you know, and they're like, you know, they're in their, they're older. They're like in, you know, forties, I guess. Um, and they realized it and, and they said, you know, you were, you were the second person I told you that, you know, someone I could trust. So wow. I'm not necessarily. And they were like, you know, I don't, I started dating men. They, they said, you know, and, and they, and, uh, and I, and I, and they, and they've also started their writing career and whatever. And I said, you know, that's beautiful because now you're being more honest with who you are and you know, whatever that is, because like, you know, people who are like, Oh, you're gay. You're whatever. I just like, you know, if you're judging, that just means you're stuck. You might not be gay, but you just have a limited perspective, right? If you just admit, and I'm not saying like, be gay. I'm saying go on and be gay. I'm just saying, be honest with yourself, whatever your thing is, Yeah. just be it, you know, just be that. It's all right. It's all good. You know what everyone says in society, whatever they say in religion, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Spirituality, truth, honesty, integrity. You know, if, like, you know, like if you're scared, here's another thing. I had another realization. I know I'm going off. No, 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 please. If you're doing anything out of fear, it's bullshit. 100%. Yeah. Bullshit the fear keeps us alive. It's there to keep us so we can survive. 
If you're scared of something that will not kill you, then it is an illegitimate fear and it is totally bullshit. If you use a fear that will not kill you to motivate you, your motivation is bullshit. Now I'm not saying don't be motivated with your fear. Sometimes you can use your fear to motivate yourself. Sometimes you use pain to motivate yourself. What you need to, what we all need to do, every single person, not you, me too, is, and this is the number one thing I've been working on in my life, is I want to be motivated and I want to do everything and believe everything I believe because I value it. So, you know, people can say, and like, you know, I grew up kind of Christian, right? People can say like, oh, you know, what if you won't, what if you go to hell? You know, if you don't believe in this, fuck it. If I have a God that's going to send me to hell because, because I'm scared that if I don't believe in him or her, that they're going to send me to hell, fuck it. Send me to hell. You know what I mean? Because the thing is, the way I look at it is like, do you want me to believe in you because I'm scared? Or do you want me to believe in you because I actually value you? Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is the thing we need to readjust a lot of our beliefs. And I'm not just talking about religion, but I want to bring it to like, you know, a a, a big one for people is that believe in God or believe in your religion or believe in nothing, but because you value what that is, not because you're scared that if you don't believe in it, that there's some problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's my thought. Um, if you have some things to say, go ahead. No, no, I, I, yeah. Talk about this beer. What are we (laughs) drinking? I've been really enjoying this. Yeah. Okay. Heavy intro into our big rock brewery. Ah, thank you. Big rock. Um, yeah, no, the guys were awesome down there and and they always are. And I love that local brewery. Um, so this one actually, I want to make sure I got it right. It's called the magpie rye. Oh, and it's an ale magpie rye ale. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a nice little, it's a nice little brew. It's one that we hadn't had from them. And, uh, yeah, I went down, I tried it out and it was, I only had one. I usually, usually I do a taster of a lot of the beers, but I did it and I'm like, nah, this seems like a good fit for tonight. It's fresh. Yeah. You know, it's tasty. Totally. goes down nice and easy. Yeah. And I was there just a little while ago. They didn't have this. No. Um, they got another so they, one too. It was uh, I, I I didn't I didn't try it, but uh, it was a spiced it was a spiced ale or spiced rye or something, um, which sounded kind of interesting. I mean, it's not usually what I would go for, but um, they, it kind of has a little bit of a pumpkin feel apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, just a nice it's a nice brewery, good food, good hangout. Um, they do great nice, tours over there. Yeah, they do great tours, yeah. and they like got lots of nice merch. You know. Yeah. They had this one that's shirt. Your thing. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, there was a guy there. He was buying a bunch of shirts when I was there. He's just like into them all. But there was one shirt. It was just like white and it said like drink local. It looks pretty cool. Actually. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I, like the, I like that simplicity. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. So that's good. I'm glad you in, you're enjoying it. I thought it was a good, it's kind of a good timing for maybe a, you know, a rye ale. Yeah. Yeah. It was a sunny day today as yeah. well. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, totally. In the, usual cloud and rain and snow that we've been getting over this last little while. Yeah. Well, we went off here on uh, some things and I'm actually, I'm actually, this has been a really good talk. I feel like I got to vocalize some stuff that has been, I've been working through and and I don't think it's like, for me, it's even uh, some of the stuff I'm getting to say out loud for the first time after working it out in my own life. And I really, you know what? I really appreciate just for my own experience of doing this podcast is that I like that we have these conversations because 
it really helps me. I mean, I, 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 I say this before, but like, I'm really in process as we do this. Yeah. I'm learning and, and kind of learning as much as I'm sharing, if not way more. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it goes to that expression of, uh, we teach the things we need to learn the most. And I don't necessarily consider what we do here as teaching per se. You know, f- for me, this is like, well, we're a couple of people who have been in sort of creative industry and, you know, have been aspiring artists for a long time Hmm. for probably the majority of our lives. And we've had some experiences and, and yeah, and a lot of it is stuff that's like, it's a work in progress. Like I'm not, you know, we're not saying any sort of definite answers about things, but we're exploring some, some, some ground that seems to continue to come up, which is one of the things I really enjoy about what we're the conversations that we have yeah. is that I'm like, yeah, this is like these, these same things kind of keep on coming up, you know, not just between the two of us, but when we have other people on, you know, and like these, these things continue and we're like, okay, so th- there's something to this whole, this thing, right? Like, and it's never necessarily like definite truths, but like, it's a, it's an area, mm. right. That we navigate. And, and for me, it's like, I'm learning this stuff just as much. And sometimes I'm learning it as it's coming out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's always like weird for yeah. me, but, <laughs> but a ton of fun where I'm just like, I don't know exactly where this is coming from, but it's coming out of my mouth and I'm feel like I'm listening to it just as much as I'm speaking it right. <laughs> at times. Yeah. I would say, you know, too, for like our listening audiences, like, you know, pick a friend and, and, and sit down and and just have some real conversations. Talk about your artistry, talk about your career, talk about your struggles, talk about what you want and, and listen to each other openly and, um, you know, learn about each other, learn the real questions. Um, I've been doing these, uh, interviews with people all over the world, directors, producers, you know, we, we went through one ourselves and, um, I'm asking people like what, you know, what's in their way, what do they really truly want and what do they need to accomplish it? Mm-hmm. And just, and it's amazing, man. I I've gotten to, you know, um, I've gotten to know some of my friends in a way in yourself, even in a way that I've never really got to like talk to you about. And, and I'm meeting new people. And like, once you have this conversation, you're like inextricably bonded in a way you know, because now you've had a discussion about the real shit. Yeah. You know, Emilio, who was on, uh, who was on an early podcast that we had, we did our interview today and he wrote, he wrote actually something on uh, Facebook. He said, you know, I saw that I'm truly inspired, you know, to have that conversation with Brandon. And I thought fucking a, like that's, that is awesome. You know, that we could have that conversation and he would feel the desire to go out and share that. Yeah. I mean, and that's what this is about. Well, yeah. I mean, and you know what, I'm going to segue this into, into closing comments. Okay. It's time. It's time for that. And also, um, the washroom is beckoning me. <laughs> um, but I, and uh, no, I feel like it's kind of running scripts. Usually that starts to happen around the time, like where I'm like, ah, I, it's kind of gone through its natural flow, but well, it's uncut people. Yeah. You know? It's uncut. So um, we just keep going. <laughs> But, you know, in, in terms of, I, I feel like the conversation and the questions that 
you know, because you had that interview with me and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, like there's ways in which it was somewhat uncomfortable, but it was good. It put me up against myself in some ways and, and helped me to connect to some things that I haven't connected to in a while. And I think that that was kind of the beauty of some of those questions that you were asking, but it really is questions about getting down to who are you? Mm. Like, who are you really like in terms of what do you truly want? What is the experience that you truly want? What do you really want to do? Mm. Um, and how are you sort of like a human as well? Like, what are you struggling with? Mm. You know, like admitting to these things and being able to say them and speak them out loud. And I think that's, has a lot to do with this conversation that we've been having, which has been about like, what is this thing that's really underneath it all? You know, really clearing away all of the shit, all of the bullshit that we tell ourselves, all the bullshit that we put on to ourselves and put on to others as well. You know, just like clearing and scraping away all of this filth really that we just accumulate and accumulate and accumulate and just absolutely destroy us and cut us off from our true connection to ourself, our true connection to why we value this thing that we've been compelled to do. And I think what's been interesting in this conversation is that, you know, you might've been pulled into a direction and you were going about it in a way that was, yeah, I wanted fame and validation and, and recognition. And then you can strip that all away and find that you still want to do the thing that you were doing, but now you have such a more incredible reason for which you're doing it. Hmm. And I think that that's, and for me in this one, like getting to vocalize some stuff to you about like, about that and, and really actually getting clear on this whole thing. It's like, yeah, there's, a, there's this certain aspect of my artistry and my craft that needs to be fulfilled. That is within me that has based on nothing else that anyone could say to me or any sort of recognition or award. This has to be fulfilled to me first now. And it never used to be that way. So I think that that's a place to find to start to begin to find if you haven't started to yet, hmm. you know, it's like, where, where is that place for you? Um, and also just as this conversation went on towards, towards the end in terms of, you know, the, the challenges and, and just being human, you know, being human, going through the highs and lows and, and, uh, em- embracing that this is everything that we are. And it's, you know, and it's, uh, the, the best way that I've still found of characterizing being uh, of like humanity itself, you know, which we share is it's a beautiful mess, hmm. right? We're all just a beautiful mess. And once we embrace that, you know, the beauty and the mess of it all, you know, like there's, I think that there's a whole new freedom. There's a whole new expression that we can, we can find there's brand new decisions and choices that we can make in our lives. 
And if you're in a low point and it feels because, you know, I can relate to so, so much, I've been in a place where I felt completely helpless and, and there were thoughts of what's the point of going on anymore. Right. And it was this weird trap between like, like, do I kill myself or do I continue living? And I don't know which one is more terrifying to me. Right. Like I've been in that place and and thought like, am I going to be like thrown into like a crazy house? Like I, or medicated, like heavily medicated, like just totally strung out on meds, you know, like these things were all like crazy fears that were going on. And once they started to express what was happening with me and how I was feeling and, and to, to be honest with myself about how I was feeling and be, and to express that to other people, to tell other people about these things. It's deepened my connection and my relationships with people because of it. And it helped me to move past it. You know, the people are dying for people to speak honestly. You know, people are dying to hear people speak honestly about being human, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's, that's what we do as artists. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> that's my, my closing comments. Well, it was a great, it was a great wrap up and, uh, you know, and thanks for sharing that too. I mean, um, I, I agree. I think people are dying to hear the human experience. And I think that depression comes from a lack of expression. That's what I realized when I was in it. And, and yeah, and the sooner you're able to start expressing yourself and, and opening up and, and being out there again, um, the sooner you will heal and get past you know, this repressed, depressed kind of state, right? Cause it's all these emotions and all this stuff, all this human buried down. And, and, uh, it hurts when mm-hmm. you, when you make it wrong, cause you make the very being that you are wrong, a human being, right? Humanness needs to come out. Yeah. You need to be human, human being, yeah. be human, right? Like it's pretty obvious yet we don't allow ourselves to yeah. even be human. You have to be like a fucking robot and be like, everything's yeah. fucking great. Smile all the time. I'm always happy. Everything's okay. You know? And it's like, <laughs> I love this robot. Who's just like, that's actually would be a good character. It's like, everything's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> People would laugh at that because they get the fucking bullshit of it. Yeah. Right? You know, but we walk around and we treat ourselves a little like robots and we're not robots and every day isn't fine. And every day isn't okay. And some days, you, you know, you're going to have emotions. And it's not about being like, I need to spew my emotions on everybody else, but just be real about where you're at. You're angry. You don't have to bring your anger out to everybody else, but be honest about your anger. Be okay with it. It's okay. You know, uh, you don't feel like, you know, walking around and smiling. It's hard for you. That's okay. It doesn't mean you can't leave the house. You know, it doesn't mean you can't go out in public. Maybe people, you know, don't react to you as whatever. Maybe you're not as approachable. It's okay. You know, the more honest you are and the more open you are, the more you'll get through that. I actually have come to believe that we live in a depressed culture. Mm -hmm. We live in a depressed culture and actually everybody is really pretty much just depressed, but we have all these ways of getting around it, like smoking and drinking and coffee and Prozac and all this other shit. And so, and I'm not saying that those things are, are not okay. I'm just saying we have a lot of ways to mask the fact that we have these things going on. Um, and so, uh, you know, as we've gone through this whole, this whole thing, there was that. And I think that was an important point. You also said something else 
the very act of going for the word is what will make you never win the award. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and that really stood with me because I think we really need to let go of the word and do things because we believe in what we're doing. We believe in the project. We believe in the role. We believe in the thing. If you are acting and you're acting because it's a paycheck, be honest that you're acting because it's a paycheck. You know, if you, uh, you know, I think that, you know, when, when you're doing something like I was having a talk with an actor is like, you know, I had a big, he had a big television series. He's fantastic, incredible actor. I, you know, he was talking about how like, he's like, I'll promote a role when I really believe that it's a role that that's important to me. But if it's a role that I'm doing for a paycheck, he's like, I'm not going to go on social media and, and do that. Mm. And I think that, you know, that's also okay. Like, you know, there's certain work like movie of the week where maybe it's really just about, they need a good looking person or they need a person who looks a certain way or whatever, because they want to make this movie of the week. And everybody knows that's what we're all signed up for. But mm-hmm. if you go on, on somebody's indie film and it's, you know, and, and you're not getting a paycheck and you're just using them to get a role, that's different. That's not fair because that person's putting their heart and their soul to do it. So be someone who really gets behind it, you know, or don't do it you know, but don't like half, like, let's be honest about how we do our artistry. Right. Yeah. And, um, if you want to win awards, if that's something that's important to you, the best thing you can do is stop needing them. Um, and thirdly, the last thing I have to say, um, it was actually something that I said, but, uh, you know, I don't always like to point to what I say, but it's something I'm literally working through as you're listening to this podcast, but give yourself tribute and acknowledge how valuable you are as a person you're this incredible human being. You are everyone else on our podcast is I am myself and we are, we are incredible beings and we, we, we need to, well, it's in our best interest to start owning that. It's the reality, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter if you're in a wheelchair. It doesn't matter if you don't have any arms. It doesn't matter if you can't speak and you're like totally like, you know, paraplegic from your neck down, whatever it doesn't, or, or, you know, your, your, what's that? That'd word? be a quadriplegic, quadriplegic that right? Yeah. So if you're quadriplegic or whatever, just because you, you're, you're, this body doesn't make you valuable. This consciousness, this thing inside you, this thing that we have yet to ever understand with all our infinite knowledge as human beings and all that we have learned, you know, we're sending people to Mars. We're figuring out how to like scale the universe and stuff we still don't understand consciousness. So we can do incredible things yet. We don't understand this thing. That's how valuable it is. It's so valuable and so amazing that we don't even get it. And we argue about what it might be. So, you know, I, I would like to leave everybody with that thought of like, maybe if you could go away from this podcast and just take a moment and give yourself tribute for who you are as a person and what you can do and what you've what you've done, or even what you're willing to do, even your will, your, your want to do something is Mm -hmm. part of what makes you amazing. My computer doesn't want to record this video. I have to make it do it. Yeah. But you might want to, that's more, it's almost more incredible. You're not just like someone who just follows rules because people tell you what to do. Even if you have been, you could at any point break the trend and that's amazing. That's incredible. So that's what I'd like to leave people with. I know that was kind of a, no, that a, was, a lot to wrap up, but we no, had a lot great. of great talk. We had a lot of great this. stuff yeah. happening here. You never know what's going to happen on Not So Serious Sunday, right? You never know. I like it. 
That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.